listening to Out, About, and Abroad, a travel and outdoor podcast. Join us for stories about travel and destinations, information to help you plan a trip, and inspiration to add places to your list. From short trips around our home state to vacations across the country or travels to the other side of the world, we'll share all about our journeys. I'm Andy, and you'll be hearing from me and my friends and people I meet along the way. I hope you'll join us. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're going to hear a conversation with one of my favorite people. It's my dad. We took a trip last summer together, which we're going to cover in subsequent episodes. Today he's talking about his camper and how he took off in retirement and headed out west in a like tow-behind camper. And he talks all about where he went, but also just about what his camper is like, what living in the camper is like, what he's learned living in the camper, um, and then some more kind of like technical setups and just what that's like being on the road for 10 weeks um, and this sort of travel style. So I'm really excited to share that and we're going to get right in. Today, we're here with my dad who has a camper. He retired last year and took off to do some wilderness camping and exploring across the United States. Welcome, Dad. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, so cool. (laughs) Thanks for coming on my podcast. Yeah. All right, so we'll start with the who, what, where, when, why, and how. I'm going to break this up into a couple of different episodes because Dad covered a lot of ground. So in general, I guess. Yeah. Who, who'd you, who'd you go on this adventure with? Yeah, so the, the, uh, most of it I was by myself. So I was gone for 10, 10 and a half weeks. I spent about half of that time by myself, half of the, or, or another couple of weeks with a friend, one friend, a buddy of mine. And then I spent part of it with you, maybe the best part. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, we came back home. So, yeah, big chunk of it was me alone, which was super cool. Sounds cool. Where... Did you go? Or where'd you where'd yeah. you start and where'd you finish? So I started, you know, I started at home in Rochester, uh, went to North Carolina, and then I circumnavigated the U.S., uh, went down to Arkansas, and eventually across through Kansas and out to Colorado, and up through all the way up to Montana, and then back across the uh, northern part of the U.S. What were your... What were your plans? What were you looking to do? Yeah, so I took uh, I took my mountain bike, my gravel bike, and my road bike, and I took all my fly fishing gear and my kayak. And the plan was to just find some solitude and get away from people, like not be uh, not be spending time in the big campgrounds with hundreds and hundreds of other people and big motorhomes. My plan was to get off the grid, get away from people, and try to do some of the free camping. There's tons and tons of free camping available and just chill out when did you leave i left in uh, the middle of may and i got back uh about the middle of july yes and i met up with you at the end of june Mm -hmm. i the day two days after school let out for the summer yeah awesome and why well so i yeah so i'd worked for the same company for 43 years and i'd kind of planned uh, as the years started winding down, I'd, I'd planned on getting out and getting away and wanting to find some peace and solitude. And there's plenty of it to be had still in the crazy world we live in. 
there's no shortage of places to disappear to mm-hmm. in the U.S., especially when you get out west and it's big and it's vast and there's just so much to explore and so many places to go. Yes, I love the sound of that. We're sitting here looking at your retirement adventures <laughs> map that we have in front of you. That's My right. sister made on the Cricket yep. little corkboard just yeah. coincidentally sat down in front of it. So I can kind of visualize all of the all of the pins you have in here so we can kind of see your your trails. Yeah, certainly um, not letting any moss grow since my <laughs> retirement. I have a, a two-year-old pickup truck with 80,000 miles on, and if that gives any indication of <laughs> how much traveling I've been doing. Yes, that's awesome. I guess let's talk about your truck and your setup and your... Um, our we I guess another episode we'll have to do is our adventure to go down and get the camper. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. So yeah, so my camper is a single axle, uh sixteen foot, um not not a really big camper, not complicated. Uh the plan was that I could get it in and out of places. It wouldn't be huge to drag around. Um originally it had a, a very small solar system. Um, very limited, you know, single tank of propane and was really uh, designed to, you know, tow 200 miles from home and plug it in at some campground somewhere. Um, certainly not what I planned on doing with it. So right. I, uh, yeah, I bought it used a year old and dragged it for 10,000 miles. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so... You got the camper and you got you drive a pickup truck. Mm-hmm. How did you maximize your space? Because you brought a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I built a. You know, my background was in welding before. You know, early in my career. So yeah, built a big toolbox, put on the back, big bike rack. I can haul uh, six bikes on the camper and three bikes in my truck, along with the kayak and plenty of other stuff so plenty of room especially traveling alone so traveling alone i could pack a lot of gear and you know far more than i would ever need so um yeah i headed off with all of that stuff and you know i spent my days planning around am i going to ride my bike first or am i going to fish first or (laughs) am i going to fish and then ride my bike and that's pretty much as simple as i kept it i hit all the big biking spots around America, not all of them. I hit plenty of the more famous places um, for all of it, for mountain biking, gravel biking, road biking, went to some races and really spent my time uh, riding my bike every day and fly fishing in some of the most amazing places in America. Yes. Um, for our, for if anyone else is interested in, for our bike people, what are some what are some places that you went to that yeah so I went to people's list yeah so I started in uh, North Carolina did some mountain biking there with uh, my buddy Jeff who eventually met me later on the trip uh, I picked him up in Salt Lake weeks later I left North Carolina I went to Bentonville uh, spent some well, probably four days in Bentonville Fayetteville mountain biking there uh, I rode the Big Sugar. I rode the Little Sugar uh, race course on my gravel bike. Got chased by every single dog that's on the AKC register. <laughs> um, I left Bentonville and went to meet up with a buddy in Oklahoma. So we did some riding in uh, Miami, Oklahoma. 
super interesting. Again, chased by so many dogs, it didn't make sense. <laughs> Spent a few days with him, and then I went up to uh, to Unbound in Kansas and went to the Unbound race. Super cool. Had fun. Met up with uh, my cycling coach there and after that race i headed west for the more relaxed portion of the trip i didn't have a really fixed plan mm -hmm. for the entire trip in fact i set no dates except that i knew i had to pick you up in salt lake i had That's to pick true. my friend jeff up in salt lake and then i had to drop him off the same day that i was picking you up That's other right. than that there were no dates on a calendar where i had to be any place in particular yeah i remember you saying you wanted to get to unbound but you weren't you were kind of like ah oh. Yeah. I'm going to make it. Uh, no, I, was, I might do something else. Yeah, yeah I was I'm early for Unbound. Yeah. And I, I was really just there for the party. That's so Because right. you I didn't was, race that one. Yeah. Oh. I, am, I am racing it this year. Yeah. Though. Last year you were recovering from knee replacement still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd had knee replacement and I had done some racing, but I was, wasn't into doing that race. Yeah. So I was more into just, I just wanted to ride my bike and That's fair. find peace. Yeah. So um, from... Summer vacation. Yeah. So from Unbound, I headed west, amazing journey. I knew I wanted to go to Durango just because it's got a cool vibe from what I'd read. And yeah, so I headed to Durango from Unbound. And I think, you know, one of the keys to this whole trip was I was trying to stay out of the campgrounds. So I was using some, I was looking for all of the free places to stay, right? So there's a couple options. There's Harvest Host that people at camp would be familiar with where they have a network of uh, breweries and wineries and farms. And now, not last year, but now they actually have private residences you can stay at where oh. as you're traveling across the U.S., you can just uh, reach out to these folks and you can stay in these places for free. So, you know, sometimes it's uh, camping in the back of a brewery on pavement in a bustling little city and sometimes you're in a farmer's field in the middle of nowhere so super cool really affordable i think the membership's like a hundred dollars a year i was gonna ask yeah the intention is of course that places that are generating revenue you would spend some money there yeah when you stay you're gonna yeah. go in and have a beer yeah. but you don't have to actually pay to stay and it, my experience was super cool with it um oh. they're they're limited number of spots typically but it's still uh, a really cool option sometimes uh, that one likes you to schedule it in advance yeah some yep. people some yep. hosts right mm -hmm. so some hosts uh, don't want to do a same day uh, reservation and some do a lot of it super chill once you reach out to the people mm -hmm. and you know that was what I was doing mostly east of the Mississippi but mm -hmm. once I got west of the Mississippi then the national park lands and the BML land and all that stuff is just wide open. So yeah. um, there's so many free places to stay. So there's also there's an app called uh, The Dirt, mm -hmm. which helps you find free places. D-Y-R-T. D-Y-R-T. Mm -hmm. There's a, actually there's numerous um, apps out there that help you um, find the free camping or just... I would just Google up free places to camp in this yeah. town that I'm passing through. I still have tabs open in my internet yeah. browser. Yeah. My third tab. It's my library tab, my work email, and then the next one is free camping. Yeah. Free campsites. Oh, freecampsites.net. Yeah. I mean, there's so many free camp camping places. 
once you get out west and you're into the national park area, mm-hmm. there's a ton of uh, beautiful little campgrounds that we had stayed in. Yeah, and which we'll definitely talk about. Sometimes they're they're free, totally free, mm-hmm. and then there's slightly improved campsites that'll have a host that are five, ten, fifteen dollars a night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just amazing places to stay. You can just get the most beautiful campsites, and yeah. in general, they were pretty much empty. Yeah. So the ones where you can just rock up and park there, that's called dispersed camping, right? Yeah. yeah. On like public lands. Yep. Yep. So there's lots of dispersed camping where you can just, yeah, we just go and yeah. just stop here. Yeah. P- park under this tree yeah. and you can, uh, yeah, you can camp. There's in the, in the national parks, dispersed camping is so prevalent. It's all yeah. over the place and there's so much terrain yeah, that you can enjoy. Land. Yeah. The national forests. Yeah. National parks, some of them are a little more regulated. But That's I true. think the national true, forests are big. Yeah. National forests, um, Which, it's pretty much wide open. National parks, it was, yeah, you're right. It's a little locked down. Yeah. There's definitely a, a differentiation there. Yeah. Um, I think I was just kind of surprised by that. I guess just where we live, it's so much more suburban. I didn't realize. I know there's a little bit of dispersed camping you can do up in the Adirondacks, but. I, I wasn't anticipating that, like, you can just show up with a whole truck and camper and I'm going to park it here. Um, yeah. There were some some rules about how long you could stay, right? Some places mm-hmm. were, like, only two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, almost all of those places in the uh, National Forest are, I think they're, like, 13 days. I'd have to look that mm-hmm. up. 13 or 14. Roughly two weeks. Yeah. Roughly two weeks you could stay and then you had to move i think it's 50 miles away oh, okay and then you could come back gotcha you could come back after a number of days okay um that's right but yeah they didn't want people uh squatting on the property right. and staying for a, a month or two months we or a year saw some places that yeah. looked like that might have been going on yeah but we also met a handful of people that were kind of they were like oh yeah we had to leave there and come back and yeah. the people with all the dogs yeah there they had wolves. The wolves. People yeah. had the wolves. They had, yes. they had wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bozeman. They were talking I, I, about. You know, one of the most amazing parts of the whole journey was meeting a number of people or seeing the number of people that are actually living on the road. It's just, yeah. it's mind-boggling how many people are out there, young and old, working or retired. They're living in their campers, living on the road. Uh, this is what they do full time. And there's people that have been out there like five, six, seven years just roaming around in their campers yeah. or the motorhomes or or in their vans or school buses. Yeah. There's the whole schoolie crowd, Schoolies. which is a you know, a total you know, not to offend anyone, sort of hippie movement yeah. where they're uh Yeah, renovated school bus. Renovated school buses that they're living in. It's it's all over the up and down the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. School buses aren't as off road capable. As what you had. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Turning sure. radius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you feel 10 weeks into, like, as far as capability of living on the road? So I remember I remember you kind of hearing you start to, like, talk yourself into going home. Like, yeah. you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what, I think, yeah, I think it'll yeah. be nice to, yeah. well, I guess it'll be nice to go home. But were you feeling itchy or, like, no. impatient? No, not really. Yeah. I mean, there were some things, you know, had to get home to take care of, right? Right. That, right? So owning a house and, yeah. you know, having friends and family here, there's things you had to eventually pay attention to. But I would say that right. for the 
10 weeks and especially the time that I was alone yeah. was the most peaceful yeah. time I've had as an adult probably. Yeah. The best sleep I've had, yeah. the least amount of stress. My days weren't any more complicated than you know, getting up and making breakfast and picking a place to ride, yeah. picking a place to fish. Uh, the benefit of being in the Mountain West was most of the time, unless I went into town, I didn't have cell service. Yeah. So once I would leave town, I would have to go into a town. Like say, for instance, when I was in Durango, mm-hmm. um, I would have to go into Durango and plan out where I was going to ride and what I was going to do if I needed the internet. Yeah. And then once I headed out of town and went back up in the canyon I was staying in, I, I stayed in uh, La Plata Canyon okay. in Durango for uh, almost two full weeks. Yeah. And once I went up in the canyon, there was no cell service. Right. And it was just so amazing. At first, you, it's kind of alarming. I mean, I did, I yeah. downloaded some books, some audible books. So I had some books to listen to. Mm-hmm. But once I went up the canyon, there was no cell service. There was no contact with the outside world. My phone turned into a camera. Yeah. And it was just, just peace and quiet. There was nothing to do except take care of my own, you know, immediate needs for food and water and exercise and entertainment so yeah yeah it was super cool yeah you me and my sister we get updates we get a couple of pictures yeah. i'm in town doing this and that um this is the canyon i'm staying in i'm heading back up there i'm not gonna have cell service for a day or two yeah uh this is what i saw on my bike ride this is the cow yeah was that where the cow yeah. was tell me yeah, the yeah. cow story this is crazy the world is so small there was a there was a person living in the up in this canyon they had a house up in the canyon and i saw him um walking this cow a couple times so i stopped to talk to him and it turns out long story short he'd rescued the cow had got stranded up in the canyon in the snow um on a lot of the um forest land out west they end up local ranchers get to graze uh cattle sheep and or cattle on the on the national land so farmer had had cows up in there and this one cow got stranded got left behind and was stranded in the snow so this guy ended up going up there and feeding it all winter long was it a baby or was it a full cow it was uh it was a yearling okay so it was yeah it wasn't a full-size cow and so it couldn't get out, and the rancher wasn't interested in going up and rescuing one cow, so mm-hmm. he let the guy have it. The funny part of the story is, is I'm talking to the guy. He sees I've got New York license plates. Everywhere. It, this. Yeah. <laughs> People notice him everywhere. Yeah. And he says to me, he says, so I see you're from New York. And I said, yeah, I'm from western New York. And he said, oh, have you ever heard of a little town called Spencerport? And I was just shocked, right, having grown up in Spencerport, yeah. and my kids went to school in Spencerport. And of all the little towns you could pull out of New York State, <laughs> how do you pull out Spencerport? Right. And it turns out the guy was a, a wrestler. He was also my age. He was in his 60s. And he was a wrestler uh, back in the 70s. And Spencerport was the powerhouse wrestling team in New York State in those yeah. days. So they would drive up from Long Island to do these wrestling tournaments in Spencerport, which were you know pretty famous in New York back in the day. So just a super funny story. It was that so funny. I'm in a canyon in the middle of nowhere, and this guy says, oh, New York, Spencerport? Yeah. She's like, too small crazy. Spencerport yeah. is a small, it's Spencerport's a village. The school yeah. district is a little bigger. Yeah. It's crazy. I actually thought that it was like a joke. I thought, I thought there was going to be, I thought that was a joke of some sort. I was like, wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. 
Um, I think this is picture. I'm looking at a picture. This is one of the first, I think, mm. updates I got yeah. from you. Yeah. I'll post it of dad driving his truck. So the camper is not hooked up at this point, but the pickup truck is on the edge of a yeah. cliff. So I, <laughs> yeah. So I drove the truck up a Jeep trail. Uh, foolishly, uh, <laughs> I took my truck up to 13,000 feet up this Jeep trail in the middle of nowhere that I thought was going to lead me somewhere, but it turned out it was just a parking lot turnaround that was about the size of my dining room. <laughs> so now I've got my full-size crew cab GMC truck up on this Jeep trail, and I have to do a 180-degree <laughs> turn. A 16-point yeah. turn. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. And a big <laughs> rock had fallen down in the middle of the turnaround, so it was pretty challenging. And I, was, I ended up up there... Uh, just being a marmot yeah that's right so i ended up having a conversation <laughs> with this marmot before i pulled off the u-turn with a whole uh, bunch of uh, a little bit of swearing i was a bit excited to the level of right stupidity now. that i'd brought to <laughs> bear on my afternoon heck? yeah it's like what are we doing up here yeah it was so ridiculous and then it was you know one of the highlights of the trip it turned out but it was pretty that's sketchy pretty. yeah it was nice that you didn't really send us pictures until you were down yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have service until. Yeah, later. there was no cell service up there. Like what? What happened? How did you get there? Yeah, that was super crazy. That was wild. But you know the you know staying in the canyon, there was there's probably six or seven campsites that go up that. It's national forest. There's six or seven campsites that go up that road, mm -hmm. and there's you know fifteen or twenty little campsites in each one of those campgrounds, and no people in them. Right. So I'm there. I was there in the early summer. Right. And so, so even if mo during the week, for sure, I would have the whole campground to myself, all 20 spots I could choose from uh, along the La Plata River, which meant I could step out of my camper and fly fish. Uh, super cool. And on the weekends, you know, some of the campgrounds, the free ones. So on one side of the road, they were free. And on the other side of the road, they were improved a little more. And they were ten or fifteen dollars a night, depending uh, on your situation. And and the weekends, some people would come in Friday night, Friday and Saturday. There'd be campers, and then they'd all be gone on Sunday, and you'd be back to having the place by to yourself. Mm -hmm. How long generally could you last in your setup off grid? Yeah, so or I think what, that what do you need yeah, to do? The, the challenge of last year was um, that was my first big trip in the camper and it has roughly 16 gallons of clean water and then gray water and black water tanks are uh, roughly the same size so it was pretty easy if you got to uh, using too much water to fill up the tanks fill up the gray water black yeah. water tanks um, and then have to unplug and go into town to drain the tanks so living alone i could easily i could get a week mm -hmm. uh, by myself uh, living with two of us in the camper, it was more like uh, three to five days, three to six days. And then yeah. I would have to go into town and, and empty the tanks. So I that part was a little challenging. Yeah. I mean, the other part that was tough was I left Durango and went to Moab. And yeah. I stayed out in the desert in Moab. Again, most amazing place, up on the plateau, middle of nowhere, two or three other people up there, you know, in their motorhomes or campers, no crowds, just amazing sky, beautiful scenery, 
but the temperature was getting up to about 105 during the day. Yeah. So the solar system that I had wouldn't run the refrigerator that under hard. those conditions. Yeah. yeah. So the bad the 12 volt refrigerator some some are propane mine's 12 volt so mm-hmm. 12 volt refrigerator would run the single battery down and yeah eventually it defrosted on me and i lost everything in the refrigerator freezer right uh, it wasn't too much but it was a buzzard of food yeah i mean yeah, it was refrigerator. it was not but, good but you don't want that yeah yeah we cooked a you whole bunch of meat that night ah uh, oh, um, oh, you had to yeah then yeah so here we are 12 months later and I've added uh, a 400 watt solar system, dual propane tanks. So now I can actually uh, run the camper off the grid. I had, you know, I had a- You had two propane tanks. I had a generator with me. Oh, so yeah. I could run a generator to charge up the battery, but you had to be at the camper. So that oh, was the problem. Yeah. So to be off riding a bike or um, fishing, and what, what ended up happening was right. when I went up to Salt Lake City to get Jeff. Right. And it got back. Then the uh, I'd been gone for almost forty-eight hours. Yeah, that's how how it went bad. So now oh, the I didn't realize you yeah. dropped you dropped the camper for that. I left the camper in uh, Moab. Oh, and oh. I, yeah. I drove up to Salt Lake without the camper. Gotcha. Picked Jeff up. Stayed over Salt Lake a night. Yeah. And then drove back down. So I was up in Salt Lake two nights. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, that's where it went bad. Gotcha. So now with a new solar system there. that's on it, it and I have Bluetooth monitoring so I can monitor it from Ooh. wherever I am, uh, I shouldn't have to worry about that. And that's cool. two upgraded 100 amp hour batteries should easily run the camper now. I also put in an inverter so off the solar system I can run the microwave and a toaster and things like that. So hopefully mm. I'll very rarely have to use a generator. I was going to say, you're still bringing it in case. Mm-hmm. Still bring a generator okay. in case things go bad or it gets cloudy. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And we don't get any <laughs> solar. No <laughs> or I'm camping in western New York. Yeah, or if you're staying in the forest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's that, right? Yeah. There's Yeah, you have to aim for no shade. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it'll be a new experience now. That's cool. Um, so I still have to deal with the size of the water tanks right that was a limiting factor Mm -hmm. i know that the just personally your camper the monitoring system of the like gray and black water is kind of yeah funky right or Mm. just it's not super reliable i remember that yeah 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 yeah. the way the float system works just isn't all that reliable you sort of have to keep track of how much you're putting in the tanks yeah not relying on the gauges rather cheesy gauges that come with uh and again this camper is a it's a $25,000 camper so you know you can spend five times ten times that much Mm -hmm. um, to get some really high-end stuff and I didn't do that right but you're handy so you were able to take a entry-level kind of camper and modify it in all these ways yeah makes it work for you certainly with campers you know any camper doesn't doesn't matter how much money you're spending you're either you got two choices you're either going to spend money in a dealership keeping them running or you're going to have to learn how to keep them running yourself because yeah. as you drive down the road with them all of them yeah they're continuously falling apart yeah i guess um, that makes sense so you have to understand the mechanical systems and be able to work on them for sure or be ready to roll into a into a rv uh, dealer and let yeah. them do the work for you yeah that makes sense you let's see I'm just thinking of like day-to-day questions so you have your your camper setup has a fold out like spot for a queen size double double mm-hmm. bed 
double mm-hmm. bed? Yeah. So it has a queen size, queen size. size two beds. It has a queen right. size bed. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that's uh, in the front there yeah. with a fold down couch and it qu- turns into a queen size bed. Okay. Well, so actually it turned into like a, it did turn into a queen size bed, but you even upgraded your mattress situation yeah. too. So it has a slide out for a, for a twin bed mm-hmm. and it has a, the queen bed in inside, mm. and so I did buy upgraded foam mattresses, trifold, mm-hmm. trifold mattresses that I could fold up and put away during the day for travel and/or yeah. for living in the camper. Right, they stow away, and then super comfortable. Oh my god, as comfortable as sleeping in your bed at home. Honestly, so, some of the best sleep I yeah. had too. Once we got yeah. more blankets. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah, it came with cheesy mattresses. That, yeah. Got, um, Those felt like camping. Yeah. Those didn't feel like yeah, they living got discarded. here for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I had tried an air mattress, and the air mattress was no good either. And so I just, right. yeah, just spent the money and bought really good trifold <sighs> foam sure. mattresses. They're they're six inches thick. Yeah. Uh, super comfortable. So just, comfortable. Yeah. I, I've, I, I've slept on it at home. Yeah. I've used it for traveling. I've used it in Airbnbs. I'd pack it with me yeah. and throw it on the floor in an Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely highly recommended i didn't have any trouble sleeping on it yeah we had plenty of bedding that we were very comfortable Mm -hmm. um so you got space for that so the yeah the twin size bed pull out area is a kitchen table Mm -hmm. a booth by day Mm -hmm. your kitchen has a sink it's got a little was it two burner stove two burner stove Mm -hmm. two burner propane stove and a microwave and a microwave and a fridge freezer yes a couple cabinets Mm-hmm. Plenty, of, plenty of storage for dishes and food and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. But you also bring a grill. Mm-hmm. I bring a grill and did most of my cooking in a grill. Same thing I do yeah. at home. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, not a huge fan of cooking meat indoors. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, especially indoors that small, it was really nice. Yeah. Yep. So I bought a, a Coleman travel grill. Propane. Yep. Propane that I could uh, did all the cooking of you know certainly of proteins were yeah. cooked outside the camper in general so it didn't smell like a yeah a kitchen inside yeah and or like heat up too much or... yeah so just making coffee in the morning was enough to heat it up even yeah. when it was you know 39 degrees outside right um so i mean the camper does have a furnace mm-hmm. and it does have a full bathroom um <laughs> it has a decent sized bathroom you know with toilet and a stand-up shower mm-hmm. uh, or sort of a hunched over shower right but it is um, separate like so there's a toilet yeah. space and then you actually get in the shower mm-hmm. it is a separate shower so yeah there's wet baths where right. you where the entire bathroom is the shower yeah uh, this isn't like that so yeah. one of the things i really liked about it was i had a, a toilet and a separate shower and a little bit of a sink in there uh that oh, yeah, honestly i rarely use uses to brush our teeth more yeah but the shower was enough to, you know, the routine was really, again, based on water usage being off the grid. Right. Different if you're in a campground. If you're in a campground, Absolutely. then you can waste all sorts of water and you can dump water down the sewer system and all yeah. of that. But living off the grid, you got to be water conscious is probably the most challenging part of yeah. the program. So, yeah, taking a shower would be wet yourself down, yeah. soap up, rinse yeah. off. Right. But even, off even at that, when people think that's not enough. When you're camping and you're out riding your bike and you're getting dirty and you're yeah. feeling grubby. Oh, you feel so clean. That's enough of a shower. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's an amazing shower versus, yeah. you know, tent camping and staying dirty for a week. That's true. We've done um, that. 
jump yeah. in the lake. Yeah, yeah, jump in the <laughs> lake, go swim in the lake. So yeah, I think it's spectacular. Yeah. So took a little getting used to, but again, with the whole camping thing, there's a routine that happens yeah. every day. There's a there's a getting ready for bed routine where certain things have to happen. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then there's the wake up morning routine where certain things have to happen, right? Yeah. You wake up and wake up. Yeah, you have to get coffee, things put away. I put my pillows away. Yeah. We'd fold up yeah. your bed so then I could stack my bed on top of it. Yep. Pull out the table, yep. have a seat. Yeah. We would have spent more time outside, but the mosquitoes were mosquitoes wild. Mosquitoes in the West were pretty tough last year. But yeah, there is that process that has to happen yeah. um, to keep things under control, right? So you do have to get used to that routine a little bit. And that's probably the, the most of the routine is just getting ready for bed and getting up in the morning yeah so just transitioning yeah, yeah from a sleeping camper to a daytime yeah. camper mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah. bad or like tiring or like no a lot I mean, or anything it was simple like five or ten minutes so yeah. boom 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 yeah and you go yeah. from kitchen to bedroom yeah bedroom to kitchen yeah i do think you know the way the mosquitoes were when we were in oh. the west last year were brutal so we didn't spend we didn't sleep outside like we probably normally would have like that's thrown true. down a sleeping bag and just like slept under the stars but yeah that's true it was a little too buggy to make that happen yeah even just eating dinner we spent more time yeah. sitting in the camper at our yeah at a table than i thought but yeah what can you do i guess you could get a mosquito net maybe a mosquito net like could. attached to the side um yeah i felt like i was I really, yeah, I feel like I got into the habit of all the little things, of the, like, washing the dishes, but just, like, the water trickling. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is different. So, being off the grid is totally different than being in a campground or in your kitchen. Right? So, in a campground, you're using tons of water. Yeah, you're acting normal. And, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty conservative. You're filling up the sink and you're, yeah, you're doing things the way you normally would. Right. Off the grid was... was a little closer to camping well, like and tent you know, camping where and you had like, to you had to use as little water as possible and put as little in the tank as yeah. possible but you, um, you have the the goal of like oh the longer we can make it last the longer we can stay here yeah so that that's yeah it's just you know simply amazing the camping spots we got to enjoy were spectacular oh yeah um along these little creek beds and these beaver dams and in the yeah. middle of nowhere and when we camped at the Grand Tetons, we were, oh yeah, we had the most amazing view out of the out of the window of the camper. We oh, were yeah. looking at the Grand Tetons across the across the ranch, across the Dude Ranch, yep. and there was nothing between us except for the road was down there somewhere. Yeah, uh, just a lot the, of sagebrush. Sagebrush <laughs> and occasional horse and three miles of, of air and clear <laughs> yeah. sky. There was nothing in the view. No other campers, no other people. There was yeah, so it's just spectacular when you can for free, for free. Yep. back your camper into there and stay, you know, stay for a couple of weeks. Yes. Um it was in bear country, but we didn't have any bear encounters there. We didn't. Not no. We saw some hiking, which we'll we'll get to. Um Maybe all my camper life questions. We had a little bit of issues with the shower, but that was just something was up. Your filter was clogged in your camper, I think. Because remember at one point, mm, yeah, I thought we ran out of water mm-hmm. in the shower. I got, I have hair down to my waist. 
down to like my belly button and i so i was really i was like i'm gonna wash my hair once a week a couple times we went to showers and Mm -hmm. campgrounds it was to filter in the water pump so it turns out there's a filter in the water pump that had got clogged up incoming though Mm -hmm. that wasn't on you know that was incoming water yeah um just like the buildup of minerals and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. and like yeah. yeah, and and you know when I took possession of the camper, it was almost two years old. Right. So um, never off grid. Yeah. But so now we, now yeah, know. filter the water coming in, and the water was being filtered, so it had less pressure anyways, and then it got into the the filter in the pump. Was, gotcha. Needed cleaning, and once I, I cleaned it out, it was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I was in the shower. Finally, gonna I'm gonna wash my hair for the first time this week, mm. and I think I got it. Sh- shampooed maybe <laughs> and i go to rinse it and i'm like uh how are we out of water already it's only been two days something yeah and i was like all right so i put on i don't know what i put on the t-shirt must have been i put clothes on and i got our biggest pot and i went outside yeah. to we ran a campground at that point but we didn't have hookups or anything so i went outside the water spigot and filled it up with cold water and brought it back to the picnic table yeah. to dunk my hair in someone people were asking it said something about like oh what do you do what do you need and i was like i was mid shower i think we're out of water yeah. i'm like dripping wet i have like yeah. conditioner coming out of my hair yeah. um but yeah. it was fine yeah it works cold water is good for your hair anyway okay cool so we touched on a handful of places that you went on that first solo trip and then before i met up with you you had some time with your friend Jeff. So you had Jeff with you for two weeks, I think, mm-hmm. right? I had Jeff with me for about two weeks. I'd picked him up in uh, Salt Lake, and him and I went to Moab, mm-hmm. where we cooked in 106-degree temperature uh-huh. for just one day and then said the hell with that and went back to Durango and went back up to La Plata Canyon, where we then spent... I, spent I know a, a nice place. Yeah, that's just what I told him. I was like, wait... I know a nice place in Colorado. It's about three hours away. Let's go there. And uh, so the temperatures at that point were getting down into the 40s at night and up into the 70s during the day. So it was perfect for yeah. camping in the camper. Yeah. Um, in the canyon, the sun came up later in the morning, so it didn't warm up very quickly. Right. But yeah, so Jeff and I spent uh, some time in La Plata Canyon around Durango. And then from there, we left in well, we did a bunch of fishing. We went down and fished in New Mexico. Oh, we fished yeah. all over Colorado um, in the neighborhood. And then we went and fished the Dolores River, which was a big deal. Uh, still riding our mountain bikes or gravel bikes every day. And then we went up to Telluride. So we went That's up right. to Telluride for probably, I think we spent four days uh, in Telluride. And again, another free campsite uh, and just an amazing place. Um, yeah, kicked around Telluride for a bit and then eventually made our way back up to Salt Lake, went and did some mountain biking in Park City. So super cool. We did all the, all the big mountain bike stuff in Park City. We did, uh, lifted riding, um, before we, before we left Salt Lake and went to Moab. In fact, we rode Park City one day before the lifts were open. So we had to ride up the mountain. The lifts are the same lifts as the ski lifts? Ski lifts, yeah. They take you up on the ski lifts. They actually convert the ski lifts for bicycles. And then we also did some fly fishing around there, um, which was super cool. They have amazing fly fishing in the neighborhood around Park City on that side of the mountain um, in the Wasatch. So it's uh, 
just super cool place. I have a friend that lives in Salt Lake, so we got to overnight there, you know, when we were in town. So it was super cool to get out yeah. of the camper and uh, be able to overnight and get some Stretch things taken legs. care of. Yeah. Thank you, Pops, for everything that you shared with us in this first section. I actually cut this clip because we went on to talk about our entire trip that we took together. So I'm splitting this into multiple episodes. So if you want to hear more about traveling the U.S. by camper, then please tune in to our following episode, which will be on our trip to the Grand Teton National Park and Yellowstone National Park. And then the following episode is going to be on Glacier National Park. And we also are going to have to do one on our very first trip in the camper. It was the trip where we picked up the camper, and that time we headed south. So that will be forthcoming as well. If you found this information helpful, pretty, pretty please like or not like, what do you do? You rate, rate and review this podcast. That would be really helpful. And I'd also love for you to follow me along on Instagram so you could check out the photos that go along with this episode too. So that is on Andy About and Abroad. That's A-N-D-Y About and Abroad. You could find my handle in the show notes. And I'll show you pictures of my dad's setup and of some of the places he stopped on this first part of the journey, as well as you'll find pictures from all of our previous episodes too. Thanks so much for listening through and hope you tune back in for the following episode. for listening today we really hope you found this enjoyable for photos and videos from this trip or to contact me if you'd like you can check me out on instagram at andy about and abroad that's a-n-d-y about and abroad feedback is welcome and we'd love for you to leave us a review if you have the time thanks again